Hello, and welcome to episode 530 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva as we enter full-blown off-season mode. Evan, how's it going today? It's going great. I'm ready to get into it. Before we get into it here today, I want to remind everyone golf season is in full swing. I and we have been having so much fun with the golf product. I do think we have the best projections by a mile and the best ownership projections by a mile. If you want to play golf DFS, check out the details on the subscribe page. Also, for my fantasy football bros out there, best ball season never stops. Our friends at Underdog have already launched something called the Big Board. It's a tournament, million-dollar tournament for the 2023 NFL season does include rookies. Really fun to just fire drafts and see where the market is at. Our rankings for that format are up already. If you have DraftKit Pro from last year and have not canceled it, you will have access to those early 2023 rankings. If you don't have an account yet, an underdog, promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com will get you that $100 matching signup bonus. Promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right. This is part two of the coaching change series, part one. Was last episode, we talked about seven changes that have been made today. We will talk about eight coaching changes, what we think about them, how they affect things going forward. Let's start with maybe one of the more interesting ones, the Los Angeles Chargers. So everybody saw the Los Angeles Chargers absolutely collapse in the playoffs against the Jacksonville Jaguars, blow that massive lead. I thought that might cost Brandon Staley his job. It did not. Joe Lombardi ended up being the scapegoat here. Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, got fired, and they hire Kellen Moore away from Dallas. Now, I, I thought Kellen Moore did fine in Dallas. I didn't have a super strong opinion about him, but I think as we talked about last episode, it was a little confusing why they wanted to get rid of Kellen Moore so badly. Evan, what do you think about Kellen Moore now with Brandon Staley on the Chargers? I like the move. I mean, I think that Kellen Moore has shown a commitment to attacking the weaknesses of defenses and trying to like circumvent the strengths of certain defenses. Um, I thought that he improved uh, significantly. This past season, the Cowboys, they didn't have a lot of explosive players on offense, which, by the way, the Chargers don't have many explosive players on offense either. Uh, that was one of their biggest problems this past year. But despite that, uh, they played and, – and, and, you know, some injuries to Dak Prescott, et cetera. Um, you know, the, the ownership's – Will you know want to force making Ezekiel Elliott work? Like the Cowboys made that change this year under Kellen Moore, and I think that a lot that had a lot to do with Kellen Moore to go with Tony Tony Pollard because they needed that element of explosiveness on offense that they really weren't getting from anybody else except for CD Slam, who's like CD Lamb, who is like a power slot receiver and not really your, you know, not not like a, a downfield uh, stretch the field playmaker. Now the Chargers need to get one of those because they really Mike Williams can sort of serve that tactically, but I mean he's not a speed receiver. We talked about last year one of the concerns that I had about Josh Palmer potentially not winning that full-time third receiver job, which he did. I was wrong. But one of the reasons that I thought that he might have to share time like with Jalen Guyton is because Josh Palmer doesn't bring that deep speed to the table. Jalen Guyton, uh, you know. Theoretically can, but Jalen Guyton just not very good at football. But that was an element lacking from the Chargers this past season. Um, and, and I think that that's one of the reasons that outgoing Joe Lombardi did not, 
you know, why, why Justin Herbert had one of the lowest A dots in the NFL. But at this point, like, there's no excuses for that anymore. They have to maximize the talents of Justin Herbert. And I think that Kellen Moore has shown that he can't, he is capable of doing that. Yeah, I think we'd agree that the car, the Chargers have very good skill players. What Evan's saying is they don't have anyone that stretches the field vertically. And so everything gets so clustered around the line of scrimmage. And that's why you saw people, and myself included, get so frustrated with Justin Herbert, who's just check down, check down, check down, five yard, five yard. And it's really, really frustrating. I Which think- is great for Austin Eckler in fantasy and great yeah. for Keenan Allen in fantasy. But but from a, an actual real life standpoint, you're not maximizing the talents of your quarterback. Right. And we'll see what they do this offseason. You know, we're working on the the uh, draft prospect stuff. You can find that stuff on the site for Dynasty players. The rookie draft rankings are up. The Chargers are a candidate, even though they just paid Mike Williams. I think they're a candidate to spend a pretty premium pick at the wide receiver position. We'll see what they decide to do. Rams is kind of a small one because once Sean McVay decided to stay, it's a small one. But Liam Cohen is out as offensive coordinator. He leaves to go back to the University of Kentucky. Mike LaFleur, former Jets offensive coordinator, brother of Matt LaFleur, Packers coach. He's going to be the offensive coordinator. I don't think that matters too much, though, Evan, because we know Sean McVay is going to be the man here on offense. Any thoughts on Mike LaFleur joining Sean McVay on the Rams? Mike LaFleur from the Kyle Shanahan tree. You know, Sean McVay coached with Kyle Shanahan in Washington. Um, these guys are buddies. So that's kind of how it works in, in the NFL. Um, I, I don't think that Mike LaFleur – I think Mike LaFleur was kind of a scapegoat with the Jets for the failings of Zach Wilson – um, they had to make some sort of move, and, and he was the the guy to go. But it's just you know, buddies. This is you know, this is cronyism. This is the NFL. There's a lot of this going on. Yeah, and, and I think they Rams can turn it around. And obviously, they went from the Super Bowl champs to being so so bad last year. Stafford's health report looks reasonable. Cup's health report looks reasonable. They need to get Allen Robinson going. They need offensive line help. But it's not crazy to think the Rams could have a pretty fast turnaround off of the mess that was their 2022 season. Patriots. Nobody could really figure out what the Patriots were doing last year. Matt Patricia called plays. I mean, it was a disaster, but I think a predictable disaster. Matt Patricia is not an NFL offensive coordinator. Now, this offseason, they go out and hire Bill O'Brien, a pretty polarizing guy. I I think I know Bill O'Brien reasonably well because he was the Penn State head coach for a long time. Of course, people probably know him from Alabama also, where he worked with Mac Jones when Alabama won the national championship in 2020. I think Bill O'Brien's capable of being a good offensive coordinator. He was a disaster as a head coach. There are certain guys that maybe you can be decent as a quarterback's coach. You can be good as an offensive coordinator, and you're just not a head coach. Maybe that's Bill O'Brien. I don't know, but it was ugly last time we saw Bill O'Brien at the NFL level for sure. Evan, what are your thoughts on the Patriots bringing back old friend Bill O'Brien? Well, I like it better than the Matt Patricia, Joe Judge disaster. Um, That's not saying a whole lot. Uh, when I did the uh, the like the Texans takedown podcast with Matt Kelly a few years ago, I went back and looked at like everything that Bill O'Brien has ever done, and it's not very impressive. Um, I, you know, if you want, I, you could say that he that he got more wins than he should have gotten out of a lot of those Texans teams that he had, but I mean, it's not like they were lighting up the the the, the league in terms of offense, and he's you know an offensive guy. Um, He's just he's got familiarity with the organization. He's got familiarity with Mac Jones. And so I think from that standpoint, it makes sense. Um, 
I'm I'm not super thrilled about the Patriots offense. They 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 need playmakers. I mean, yeah. that's a team that badly needs playmakers. I mean, when when Jacoby Myers is like your clear cut number one receiver, you you need playmakers. That's what I was gonna say. You know, similar to the Ravens and on a lesser extent, the, the Chargers, like it's hard in today's NFL when you don't have big time weapons and the Patriots certainly don't have that. Everybody knows their track record of drafting wide receivers at this point has been absolutely horrific. That's so we mentioned that Mike LaFleur was the scapegoat for the Jets. Now they bring in Nathaniel Hackett. And this one was like laughed off of Twitter because Nathaniel Hackett uh, was a absolute disaster in Denver. And I don't know how much of Russell Wilson's demise to blame on Nathaniel Hackett, but it certainly did not help. Nathaniel Hackett also, I question his ability to even identify talent after he made Albert O a healthy scratch for the entire season. He's got a lot on his plate here now, man, because he has a ton of responsibility on the Jets, and they have, outside of the quarterback position, I think they have pretty good team. So what do you think about Hackett's chances of succeeding here with the Jets? Um, you know, I, I, now, I, I never thought that it was going to go as bad as it did in Denver last season. But, you know, just from my past exposures to Nathaniel Hackett in Jacksonville, even in Green Bay, where he didn't really – He's just a guy on the staff, essentially under under uh, Matt Lafleur. I, I, I've never been very impressed with him. Um, going back and doing play calling work with Warren Sharp, you know, we we were never very impressed with Nathaniel Hackett. So, look, I, I think that the Jets have compiled enough talent, young talent, in the pass catcher core on the offensive line that if they get the right quarterback, it's not going to matter too too much. Um, but I, I was uninspired by the hire, not just because of what happened last year in Denver, but because of Nathaniel Hackett's track record extending beyond that. Just has, has never really popped off the the page as a you know a a creative guy or, or anything like that. We talked about a ton of coordinators that have gotten hired and head coaches, honestly, that have been hired that are very young and like somewhat out of the cocoon. This is like a pure cocoon hire, like Evan would say, yeah. a guy that just keeps getting recycled through every team. And he's friends with all these guys, and that's why he gets a job. I'm not saying that's definitely the case with Nathaniel Hackett, but it does not look good. What does look good for the Jets is there's legit rumors out there that they are in the mix for Lamar Jackson. I'm still skeptical the Ravens are going to like tag and trade Lamar Jackson, but it's at least on the table, and the Jets seem to be in the mix for that, so we'll see. Eagles. I don't know if this one's going to matter too much. Obviously, Eagles lost both coordinators, including offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. They hired Brian Johnston, who was the quarterback's coach for the Eagles in 2021. He will be the offensive coordinator. But obviously, Nick Sirianni is an offensive guy and will be uh, heavily involved there as well. Do you think the Eagles losing both their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator affects things? And what do you think about Brian Johnston stepping in as offensive coordinator? It's concerning, I guess, on paper, but they've compiled such a loaded roster. Howie Roseman just been on absolute fire Uh that I think it's going to be. I remember Brian Johnson when he was a quarterback at Utah, actually, I don't think he ever made it to the NFL, but um, he's boys with Jalen hurts. And guess what? That's like maybe the most important thing right now. Um, you know, obviously was his position coach in, in an awesome, awesome year for Jalen hurts where he cut out a lot of the inconsistencies and just continues to make rapid progress as a, as a football player. Uh, so I, I, I feel fine about this. I, you know, Losing Shane Steichen, not ideal, but I mean, it seems like they they had a guy ready to go. Yeah, and that's just what happens when you go to the Super Bowl, you know, and you have young, talented coordinators. You're going to lose them, and yeah, I, I would agree the Eagles are going to be fine. They're going to break the bank for Jalen Hurts, and I think deservedly so. 
Bucks. This is messy, man. Obviously, Byron Leftwich is gone. Todd Bowles is still there. They hired Dave Canales. Dave Canales, 41 years old, was Seattle's quarterbacks coach last year. If I would have told you, Evan, before last year that Geno Smith would play so well, he would get his quarterback coach and offensive coordinator job. I mean, I would have thought you're insane, but that's exactly what happened. Geno, Geno Smith played so well that people are like, oh my God, Dave Canales, he must really know what he's doing. And, and maybe he does. I mean, Geno was absolutely incredible last year. He's stepping into a messy situation though with Tom Brady mm-hmm. being gone. I've seen rumors their cap situation is so bad. They might have to trade Chris Godwin as well. I mean, it's a mess there with the Bucks. What do you think about Dave Canales and this situation here in Tampa? Just kind of one of these guys that has come up through the USC Seattle pipeline, um, you know, under Pete Carroll. And I, I don't really know any, I don't have anything to add to to what you, because I, I just, I don't really know a whole lot about Dave Canales, honestly. And yeah, he's got his work cut out. The only quarterback they currently have under contract is Kyle Trask. That That's the only quarterback they currently have under contract. So we'll see what they can do over the next couple months. Titans. Titans fire Todd Downing higher Tim Kelly as offensive coordinator. Now, there's a lot of Tim Kelly fans out there. I think a lot of people think Tim Kelly is a talented guy, has done good things, has done a modern NFL build. The problem is when you trade away A.J. Brown, you have all these offensive line injuries, you're building through Derrick Henry, which has been effective, but honestly, like a prehistoric way, what can Tim Kelly really do? And so, I don't know. Like, the A.J. Brown thing is just such a mess for them because they need wide receiver help so bad. Maybe Traylon Burks can be that guy for him. We showed, saw flashes of that last year. But yeah, there's a lot of Tim Kelly fans out there, Evan. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. What do you think about his chances in Tennessee? Uh, I'm a Tim Kelly fan. So, I mean, I, I thought he always kind of stud, stood out a little bit in Houston working with, well, Deshaun Watson had some big-time moments and in, in big-time games under Tim Kelly in Houston. And um, even like uh, in Davis Mills' rookie year, Davis Mills, you know, kind of flashed. with Brandon Cooks had a big, big year. Uh, and then last year, Tim Kelly goes to Tennessee and works under Todd Downing. And, um, you know, we, we didn't really get to see him flex. So, uh, but I, I, I think that this was the – you could sort of see this coming. I, I Actually, when Todd Downing got his DUI, I was thinking like, man, they just, just give the keys to Tim Kelly. Um, I don't know. He, he's always been a guy that kind of stood out to me a little bit. Uh, from his game planning to his um, to his in-game stuff, I, I, I think I think it was a natural move. Yeah, I, I was reading an article, and I'm sorry, I forget where I was reading the article, but he was Tennessee's pass game coordinator in 2022, which obviously doesn't sound good. They didn't have a great pass game, but his focus reportedly was on early downs and in the red zone, and there were some underlying stats that Tennessee was doing smart things and effective things, early downs and red zones. So I, I'd agree I'm optimistic here. I just, it's hard to run your offense in today's NFL the way that they need to run it when they have Derrick Henry, but we'll see. That's what we're going to do is the Washington football team, the Washington commander. So everybody wants to know, Evan, why would Eric Bieniemy go for a lateral move? Why would he take uh, the commander's offensive coordinator job when he already had the Chiefs offensive coordinator job? I think at least part of it is when Kansas City wins like they do and like they did, everyone gives Mahomes credit. Everyone gives Andy Reid credit. No one really gives Eric Bieniemy credit. If they win it in Washington, Eric Bieniemy is going to get all the credit, and presumably an offensive and a head coaching job. Now, easier said than done, right? They're going forward with Sam Howell. They have McLaurin and Dotson. We'll see if Curtis Samuel sticks around, but it's not like they're absolutely loaded 
What do you think about Eric Bieniemy? why he did it, the lateral move, and what his chances are in Washington? I'm pretty sure that they agreed that this was just going to be – this past season was just going to be the last year for Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City because he just felt it was time to move on. Um, there are mixed opinions among players, as, as you as you might have seen on social media, about Eric Bieniemy. Um, he had to wait longer than a lot of coaches that were sort of in his place, like Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson had to um, for a, ver- a variety of different reasons that have been speculated upon. At the end of the day, this is a massive opportunity. If he can turn this into, you know, turn Sam Howell or, or whoever they try to out quarterback this, this upcoming season into a success, the, uh, the commander's offensive line is stable. Um, they've got talent in, in the wide receiver core and at tight end. It's a big, big opportunity for Eric Bieniemy. He's going to be running the show on offense. This is how he parlays this into a head coaching job. And so it's just going to come down to performance. We're going to talk more about Sam Howell this offseason, but I, I can already feel myself like, man, maybe Sam Howell is going to be my late round quarterback this year yeah. that I really like, yeah. you know, because he can run a little bit. I think the weaponry is there and you obviously have Eric Bieniemy coming in now to hopefully scheme it up and get these guys in the position to win. So, yeah, we'll definitely be talking more about Bieniemy and Sam Howell throughout the offseason. Speaking of the offseason, we will continue to have free podcasts on this channel. If you're watching on YouTube, we'd really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. If you are listening on iTunes or Spotify, we'd appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. There it is totally free. We will have free podcasts throughout the offseason as we go through free agency, the draft, always best ball season, getting ready for official draft season coming up over the summer. Or Evan, or producer Luke. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.